0: Brandon, my friend, I appreciate you. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm glad to, uh, to have you on the podcast. Glad to be connected with you. So go ahead and uh, this is Burn the Ship. This is Burn the Ship uh, podcast. We talk to entrepreneurs about you know what they're doing within their business, um, how they are helping businesses, and, and really you have a pretty unique perspective on um, you know the, the e-commerce world. So that's why we're having you on today. But I appreciate you. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and your business?
1: Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on, obviously, and and providing the opportunity. Um, and uh, obviously, my name is Brandon Cockrell. I'm the owner and, I guess, founder, so to speak, of Lynchpin Sales Interactive, where um, really we are all things e-commerce, but we really focus on whatever comes from a, a sales and marketing standpoint, right? So everything from uh, where our, a lot of our focus is because we are – a performance-based business, which is very unique uh, in our space. So we're uh, we work a lot like commission sales reps with our clients. So we really come in, act as the right-hand team, uh, just because there's so many moving parts to run a successful e-commerce brand. So everything from utilizing social media to uh, you know search engines to find and acquire new audiences and, and consumers. Making sure the website is converting at the highest level as possible, and then having really, really good uh, back-end processes that we develop with uh, helping them nurture and, and get repeat customers, keep sure. them coming back more, referring business, and um, you know the ultimate goal is to to help them wherever they are in their journey when they approach us and, and help them scale up their e-commerce side of the business, whether that's all of their business, which some brands are, or if they have physical locations and they're looking to increase revenue online. Um, so we really come in and look at it from a full A to Z solution. And, um, you know, really make sure that we are growing and scaling profitably, which is obviously important.
0: Sure so what are what like what is the position that some of these companies are in when they come to you guys? Are they just starting their e commerce brand have they been on that e-commerce train for a while or
1: yeah yeah so i mean that's a that's a great question obviously we it's all over the board so we um we're a little unique we're you know we look at uh the the partnership as a whole and really looking at it and taking a step back and looking at it from a long-term perspective, right? Like what, where where are you at right now? Where are you looking to go? Does this make sense to partner where we feel confident that we can help you accomplish the goals that you want to get to, which in turn obviously is going to help us um, mainly because we, we work on a performance basis. So, um, you know, we have some brands that come to us and they don't even have a website. Built And so we will create the website, build that up um, and then help them start from that very just starting from scratch level um, from zero sales all the way up to to wherever we're looking to take it and continue adding old and, and diversifying platforms to help them continue to scale um so you know that we we've worked with brands that are brand i guess brand new um so to speak and then we we have brands that have been in the game for a long time and they've tried everything they could they've tried a lot of different partners um have had nothing but uh negative experiences uh from their side of things and uh, which can just mean that they weren't getting the results that they were looking for. Not necessarily that any companies are not treating them right or anything like that, but they just weren't getting the experience. And sometimes that happens, but um, and they're spending, you know, where a new brand may come in and they're only able to spend $1,500 a month and their marketing or paid ad campaigns or advertising. Uh, some brands that are spending 50 to a hundred thousand dollars a month um, on advertising. And they've been around for, decades so it really it, it just it's all over the board uh, but we really look at it uh, from a, a long-term partnership type perspective and um, and that's worked out well for
0: us sure so take me back a little bit take, take me back in time a little bit tell me a little bit about where you learned and where you developed this background for sales and marketing
1: man it's uh yeah, look i i have always been a competitive person first of all you know i I played sports and, and soccer all the way through college, and you know once you kind of end that reign and you're not able to continue uh, competing in sports um the way you once were, it kind of naturally I think that competitiveness never stops and so sales out of college, which was um late two thousand five whenever I graduated. Uh, sales was just kind of that natural fit. Um, you know, I wanted to be able to make what I wanted to make and, and not really have limits out there. So I initially, uh, but I knew I wasn't ready to do anything on my own, right? Like I, I wanted to, to go and, and work for or other organizations to kind of get my feet wet. And, um, so for the first 12 to 13 years of my career, I was working for, um, majority of large corporations um, in sales. And the last five years, uh, whenever I was working with PGA Tour and their um, the TPC network, so their properties division, uh, I got a lot more involved in the marketing aspect as well as the sales, uh, not meaning uh, cold calling because cold calling and, and kind of that traditional way of finding new opportunities uh, was the way I cut my teeth uh, because that was the only way back in the late 2000s. There was no uh, Facebook ads or, right. or digital aspect, right? So, as we got in and I started really, really diving into the marketing side of stuff, I, I started to realize that there was so much of an opportunity out there, and um, and that's kind of what piqued my interest. And you know, and then after uh, after about ten years of of doing it for others, I started really getting that itch and, and feeling like I was kind of ready to go off a, a, out of my own. Um, it could really help businesses, primarily small businesses, um, with the experience I had to help them have more success. And uh, and so that's whenever I naively put in my um, notice, uh, whenever I was working with the tour, said, hey, I'm going out and starting something. and um, And that was it. And then I jumped right in. Uh, just kind of right into the deep end. So it's been an interesting ride, but that's kind of how I've gotten up to this point was really, really uh, just passionately looking for how you can make things more efficient, how you can get better results, how you can get in front of buyers and people that actually are interested in what it is you have to offer without having to go out and cold call and rely on networking events 24 seven and referrals and all this stuff that is very hard to, uh, create that consistency and predictability, but also it, it's the scalability of it is very limited. Um, and so that's kind of what, what allowed me to get into this, which now is obviously morphed into, sure. uh, really working with e-commerce.
0: Brand. What was your, what was your role with the PGA tour? Like, were you, so, you're interacting with businesses or,
1: yeah, so I was actually working. So as part of the the properties division, uh, because the, the the tour obviously has a lot of different divisions um, within it, and part of the, the TPC network is they own properties that they manage, and and um, you know they normally are going to have tournament professional tournaments out of those properties. But um, a big part of that is being able to drive uh, corporate memberships, being able to to make sure that you're uh driving uh revenue from a due standpoint and making sure people are, are hosting events outside of just that one or two weeks of that professional event coming there in order to sustain so you know my job and i was over at tpc sugarloaf here in atlanta mm-hmm. um, for those five and a half years was really uh being responsible for the large portion of the the revenue lines from a due standpoint and um they really brought me in this was back in 2011 so we were still kind of in that rut uh from 2008 right and and my background was um really in outbound sales talking with corporations c-level executives and. Um, they were looking for somebody that could really come out and be able to do that, um, because the the old methods of people just walking up to the to the property and and wanting to pay tens of thousands of dollars to join uh, had fallen off since 2008. Because obviously a lot of that income and revenue and all that that people were making was um, uh, kind of been hit pretty hard. So. Uh, that's how I, that's how uh, that opportunity came about. And uh, so I was really responsible mostly for just building a good network um, in the local area throughout Atlanta uh, with large corporations. Um, seeing how I could get them and entertaining more, having their events out at the, that property, but also to over personal So, anybody who was looking for uh, a good property for their family or uh, to entertain for their personal business uh, was a good fit as well. So, it was really identifying, creating a good network, and just going out there and just pitching um, what all it had to offer. Right. And um, obviously, the PGA Tour owning and operating was a huge talking point for a lot. uh, You golfer, if you're in that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what peaked it as well. I mean, you put the the passion behind golf and um, sales and and marketing and it was kind of a a good fit there for a while. But, um, you know, I just felt felt like I could do more um, with with what I uh, the experience I had and really have a passion for helping local professionals, uh, like business professionals and, and businesses being able to, to get to where they want to go with their business. And a lot of times it's that lack of having good sales and marketing, um, and and being able to do that. So that's, that's really kind of what sparked, um, kind of started my own thing. Tell
0: me, tell me this, I've asked this question a couple of other times on the podcast as well, but how do you feel that, um, your sports career, Like plays did did it help you kind of bode well to be a good salesman?
1: Yeah, well, I think you know the sales is so much more, um, and this is you know the misconception I think a lot like people put so much pressure on the term salesperson. Sales is really a team sport first and foremost. You know, I think that if you look and really analyze the top sales reps maybe at an organization or maybe as a whole you're going to find that they they do a lot of quarterbacking it's not about them necessarily it's about how can they go identify what that pain point is for somebody really really be able to ask the right questions to understand what a pain point is or what that problem is and then who do they need to connect within their organization or Maybe it's not their organization. Maybe they are consultant or whatever it may be, coach, whatever it may be. How can they connect the right people that can help solve that pain point or solve that problem? So you do a lot of quarterbacking. you got to be able to to talk to a lot of different uh, people in a lot of different ways and bring them all together and then have productive conversations. So the team aspect of sports, obviously, is a big part of that. Um, I think naturally just the competitiveness of sports is, and that's gonna vary from person to person, but just that, and you probably have heard this from everybody like that, that competitive spirit. Um, if you really peel back the the layers, that competitive spirits, what's driving you every single day, you know, and um, you've got to be able to, to have that, to keep pushing forward because it's not always rainbow and sunshine, you know, it's not, always going to be, you're going to get beat down a lot. Um, You know, one of the biggest phrases that I heard that's always stuck with me whenever uh, I think about sales um, and an organization I was with, but I heard, uh, you know, because we were getting a base salary at that time, it was very small, but then you've got commissions on top of that. And uh, was said that, um, you know, you, 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 we pay you to hear no, Yes is just a bonus. And if you really start thinking, especially if you're not, if you're not just solely on commissions, but if you think about that, it made so much sense to me at that time is that we're we sales is all about just getting past enough no's to get that yes. And that's a very, very hard place to be sometimes. And if you don't have that competitive spirit, that drive just to keep going, and also have the team and have people around you that support you during that it it's going to be tough to make it uh, at least uh, hit the goals that you're looking to hit so i think it has a huge part to play in it um there's probably there's some stuff that you just kind of naturally have inside of you that i think helps that that led you to play sports in the first place that competition that competitive spirit one reason why i love golf i can mm-hmm. still compete uh, at you know, the mid thirties where I'm at right sure. now, where soccer, I've kind of had to let go of just can't run as fast anymore as the younger guys. But, um, you know, it's, uh, I definitely think it has a lot to do with it for those reasons for sure.
0: Sure. Sure. Where, um, where did your brand come from? Like your linchpin sales, where, where did you, ha- what, what was the, uh, the brainchild of that?
1: Well, um, you know, I, I, whatever you're thinking about starting your own business and everything, I mean, it's, uh, I think picking a name is, is kind of an exciting part before you kind of go out there. And there's a lot of different, um, there's a lot of different things that go through your head. One, though, that uh, linchpinsales.com was available. So, you know, <laughs> I the URL was there. And so it that matters. Helped um a little bit with that with narrowing down what i was looking for uh and thinking about but the whole premise behind the the name lynchpin and it really comes from a seth godin book uh, called linchpin um, that uh, I had the opportunity to, to obviously read and, and um, understand kind of what he meant by the defin- definition of linchpin and what I foresaw my business wanting to be and now the team you know, buying into it as part of it is I wanted to be that missing link to a business that if they took out, and essentially that's what the definition of linchpin is from a professional or business standpoint, at least in my opinion, in the way that Seth Godin writes about it and all that, is that missing part of your that part of your organization, that person, thing, whatever it may be, that if you took it away, immediately things would start to either crumble or you would you would be missing that key part. They are such an important piece of your success, that they are the linchpin. Uh, Because if you think of even a a linchpin tool uh, that holds umbrellas together or Mm -hmm. trailers together and all that, if you take it out, they're going to fall apart, right? Like that's what that is. From a professional business setting, that's kind of the way that I envision it. And so linchpin um came about for that that main reason is i always wanted to be that missing part of organizations where we were that important to them we could come in and help them get to where they wanted to go and be that valuable of an asset to our partners and our clients and that's really kind of how it how it came about and um you know it's it's pretty cool now you know five years later to hear people, whether it's a testimony or talking to clients or partners and, you know, just kind of talking to you and, and not necessarily going through it. They just call you linchpin. Um, they refer to you that way, you know, it's kind of a cool, cool thing, but that's, that's how it came about. Uh, nothing crazy, just kind of, uh, trying to figure out what you wanted to be and, and putting something around that.
0: Well, I like that definition. It makes a lot of sense, especially with what you guys do in your business, because you're trying to be, um, that part of the business that's going to make everything kind of, you know, the wheel turn, you know, but in exactly. every business that you guys sign up, you're, you've got a different role, you know, like there's a different bottleneck in each of those businesses. Like you're, you're solving a different problem for each of those businesses, which is, I think is, is very, very unique. Um, how did you get your first client?
1: Man. Well, <laughs> I mean, that, so that's a, that's an interesting story as well. So the, whenever I started the business, it wasn't like, I, it wasn't anything to do with e-commerce, believe it or not. It was, look, I wanted to, it was actually starting off as something that I, I was foreseeing become uh, very relevant to the small business world, which was the part-time sales management uh, <laughs> opportunity, so, somewhat like a partial CFO or a mm-hmm. uh, part-time CMO or whatever it is, CTO. Like they've, there's partial, Um, professionals now for small businesses because they can't afford a full-time person, nor do they need one. But I always felt like there was organizations, they would bring salespeople in as they're starting to grow. But obviously the owner doesn't have time to sit there and train them and help them close more or be able to get more doors. Um, And knowing that my background was a, a lot in sales, you know, my role at that point, what I was envisioning was that I would help bridge that gap between the owner and their sales reps and help them come up with processes and, and help them close and coach them on how to obviously be better at selling. Um, so it actually came about, uh, believe it or not, the, the very first client. Um, and it was more towards that. Um, and I was kind of naive and and Um, you know, I, I quit the job, my job, it was, you know, my last day, I think was like August 15th on the dot whenever I stopped and, um, uh, and I forgot 2016. Yeah. And so, you know, within the first 30 days I had, I had signed on a client where I was going to be doing some part-time sales management, uh, type opportunities, um, and, uh at the time there, I remember thinking I was going for a run after i signed that on and I had another one already in the hopper. And I'm like, man, this is going to be incredible. Like, you know, I'm already signing on some clients, doing this, doing that. Needless to say, it didn't last very long. <laughs> um, I did just didn't uh I didn't have the right things in place and and quite honestly, I didn't know what I didn't know. But it was very eye-opening, because what it did is allowed me to transition more towards digital. Because what I started to see is that, uh, while there is a need for part-time sales management, what I really saw was there was even more of a need for more quality opportunities to come in the door. And it was more from a lead standpoint, an opportunity standpoint. And as I started to see that, I said, well, if they're, you know, with technology and digital and social and all this, all these opportunities out there, right? Like there's so much opportunity to do more, to warm somebody up and get them to come to you already ready to go with about 80% of the sales already done. So that then that salesperson, all they need to do is help that person come up with the best decision at that point um, and so that's uh quickly after about uh probably 30 or 45 days of of uh, working with that that very first client i realized that the shift to more focused on the acquisition part um was the was what needed to be done it was the way the market's going it's where the opportunity is which kind of started the uh really focusing on the inbound opportunities from uh the digital space which obviously has morphed into not just doing lead gen opportunities what we refer to as lead generation and building brands and and getting people warmed up to then uh buy from a potential service related or local business or or actually visit that business but obviously transitioned quickly to um really focusing with e-commerce brands because that's just naturally how our team really got, um, systematic and and really, uh, we're set up for that type of, of sure. business. So we've really focused over the last 18, 24 months of e-commerce brands and started to get back a little bit more to the lead gen side of stuff with adding some more team members on that are focused in that arena, but that's kind of, that's, that's it. Um, I know that was a long winded answer, but, um, you know, that's how we got the first client and that client came from me posting something on my personal Facebook page about the business and what I was going to be doing. And somebody contacting me from that and saying, Hey, I think my business may need this. We've been talking about needing something like this. And it just sparked that meeting, which got me in the door, obviously, and was able to, to do the rest from there. But, sure. um, so yeah, that's that's literally how I got it. Didn't last that long, but um, you know, it was it was extremely eye opening and led to to where we are today.
0: And what is the lineage of a client for you now? So if you if you take a client on board and you guys are doing some marketing work, some advertising work, you're really addressing the top of that funnel and how much traffic or volume is going through that website. Well, let's say that you. You know, make the the strides there that you want to make. Let's say that your click funnel is good and that you're converting at the rate that you that you want to convert at. Now, post you know the the kind of you know marketing audit that you guys kind of do and, and make the changes that you guys make. Do you guys um, how do, how does that work? Does, does that you know once that clump client is set up, are they no longer a client of you guys? Or are you guys staying on and kind of holding their hand throughout the process, or is it constantly changing? Is there always work to be done? How, how does that work?
1: Yeah. So it's it's a process, man. It's um it, it it's not a leave it, a set it and forget it, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, unfortunately, I wish it was. Um, you know, a lot of time a lot of things that you hear out there in the marketplace can lead you to believe that um it's just not, especially if you're looking to scale. If you're happy with where you're at, let's say you're a, a real estate professional, insurance agent, or whatever it is, if you're happy with where you're at, you don't want to add on to your team, you're not looking to scale and you're looking to just make sure you stay in the know, there's a lot of stuff that you can just do on your own. You're going to be okay. Cause your job is just to stay in the forefront of your audience and make sure you stay top of mind when those things pop up, if you're looking to scale, If you're looking to add on salespeople, if you're looking to add on revenue, if you're looking to scale your e-commerce brand, you have to constantly be refining, be optimizing, be creating new content, new strategies, new campaigns. Um, And so it's not just a, kind of a set it and forget it. It's, you know, we will get you set up. And, you know, part of that initial process is getting you set up, making sure your website's ready to convert, make sure that, um, you know, we've got the right creative and platforms and ad campaigns that we're gonna start running the right audiences. And we do a lot of testing within the first couple of weeks with all of our, you know, every brand we bring on. Um, and then, you know, at that point, once you start driving traffic and, and identifying where the bottlenecks are because you really don't know and, you know we have a lot of people in a lot of times where people want me to tell them just by looking at their website what they need to do to make it attract and convert at higher levels and i'm like hell i don't know <laughs> like we don't know until we start i can give you guesses i can tell you to change this button to red and who knows like but until we actually start driving quality traffic to it We don't know what the market wants and what the market doesn't want your website may be great as is you just haven't been running the right traffic so let's really focus on the strategy as a whole where we want to get to what we want to focus on and how we get there but let's do it strategically so we're not just throwing thousands of dollars at the wall seeing what sticks and coming back 30 days later and say well this didn't get no like You don't need all that we can test within a couple of weeks identify audiences and identify quality audiences quality creative, making sure they're taking the right actions, then you can start looking at the stats on your website, see where they're falling off, um, which may come in the, the next 60 days and then make sure we're ramping that up, making those changes, adding on uh, plugins or integrations. And then once we're starting to get that website converting, now we've got to focus on how do we get them coming back more often? How do we get them sharing the brand? How do we get them providing us with opportunities to to naturally drive more customers through user-generated content or testimonials um, and email campaigns and text campaigns and follow-ups and nurture sequences? I mean, and then because that's part of that overall revenue i mean ultimately you want your back end doing about 30 35 of your overall revenue then once we get all of that optimized now we want to continue scaling now we've got to start adding in other platforms if we were just on facebook and instagram now we we need to get into Google Shopping. We need to get into YouTube. We need to get into Pinterest, which has been crushing it lately for most of our clients. We need to look at Snapchat or TikTok to start expanding your footprint and diversifying your platforms, and even looking at different platforms where we may be able to sell. So it's not just solely reliant on your website. So it's a you know it's an ongoing process, um, and the beautiful thing is with the way that we work on a performance basis, like if we're not producing results we're not making any money either right so you know our goal and our obsession is just as much if not more but we really partner and almost act as that right hand internal team but you're getting people that are very specific in their field and level of expertise in different areas where and you're getting that for a cost less Uh, from an annual perspective than you going out and trying to hire one jack of all trades that usually ain't going to work in this new day and age of digital and all the moving pieces. Um, You just pay one person salary, um, which would be more, way more than what you'd pay like an agency like ours that would come in and work off a performance basis and really act as your right hand team in all aspects of growing your brand. So um, yeah, there's a lot to it, unfortunately, but uh, that's that's why we're we're here and we're good at what we do. So.
0: Well what what would so you all... say as a as a piece of advice to the owner of an e-commerce brand that is feeling the feelings that, that you're describing, you know, they're, they're stressed out. They want to scale. They want to grow. They're, they're having trouble. They've made changes within their website. They've tried to do, you know, be that Jack of all trades within their business. What is that first step that they can take to understand where they're at? And what would you say kind of as, as vice just for some peace of mind for those people?
1: The first, I mean, the, the very first thing is narrow down what you're doing. Focus on one thing and start with that and that could be if you've got a website up right now right um start saying okay for me to understand if my website is even converting because who knows you may be getting quality traffic on your website Maybe you're doing a lot of you know organic things but your website has an issue at the checkout page, or it has an issue on the product page or whatever it may be. It could be a lot of things. Maybe people just don't like the way it looks, but um, you don't know until you've got to start driving that quality traffic. So narrow it down and say, okay, if right now I've got that website up and going, all I'm going to do right now is focus on the platform that's best. Maybe that's Google, Maybe that's uh, Facebook, you know, Facebook and Instagram right now are still even with these updates going on. I mean, they still provide the best opportunity, um, for you online and from an advertising standpoint. Um, so, you know, that's why we start there a lot, but start going out and, and just start running ads and driving some traffic to the website, start identifying, um, where your most, uh, I guess where your biggest needs are, where your biggest problems are. Um, So really narrow down your focus. And that's why whenever we start off having that strategy of, hey, we understand that we wanna be here in six to 12 months. So you start off and you think about your goal. Hey, six months from now, I wanna be at X number. I wanna have a thousand people in my database. I wanna have my website converting at this. Um, number, this percentage, and I want to be um, investing or running ads on these platforms. And then reverse engineer back of, okay, now let's set up the steps of how we're going to get there. And normally that's going to start with, let's start very narrow. So we're not throwing a bunch of money at the wall. You know, let's not spread it across all these platforms. Let's just start really simply with one let's start driving. Let's get that optimized. Let's figure out Facebook and your audience on Facebook. Now let's figure out once we get that audience going you're starting to see the click-through rates, you know, where you want them to be. You're starting to see your, your calls per uh, click and your um, CPM numbers, where you want to be. And you can Google a lot of what your industry benchmarks are for these. If you're running them on your own, or, you know, obviously you can reach out to people like us who can help you do that um and and talk to you about that but once you start getting that now it's okay now that i've got the acquisition part i got people coming to my site they're obviously all the numbers are looking healthy from a facebook standpoint now what's my website converting out okay well it's not converting at the levels it's converting very very low for what it needs to be converting at okay well now let me put some focus on that and you just break it down sure. and you start going in phases solve one problem then at a time one problem at a time you start where you're where you start at and you just work your way to it and then the biggest thing is you start to scale and you start investing tens of thousands or, or thousands of dollars or hundreds of dollars wherever you're at your business and what you need you know at least you know that as you start to spend the that money at least you know you're taking them into something that is set up and ready to actually convert them into a customer and you're not just spending money on campaigns that are driving it to a broken system uh, because all that's going to do is expose you faster um, and you don't want that to happen either so you know test break it down simplify it i mean gosh simplify it there's so many things and so much noise out there whenever it comes to e-commerce but it's the same principles that have worked for centuries you know, business right. is business. It's just a different way of doing it. And right now, um, you know, I think people, they just get called up in all of these different options. And it's like, just simplify it and then strategically work up. Um, so you're not just wasting money. You, you know exactly what you should get for each dollar you invest. You know, you're going to get $4 out um, utilizing and running paid campaigns on, on Facebook. Now let's how do we scale that? Um, and it's a lot easier to do that. Sure. Whenever you, you know, what your, your, uh, what your data is showing.
0: Yeah. You understand the game you're playing. Oh,
1: for sure. Right. Big difference. Well, I appreciate you,
0: uh, I appreciate you coming on and, and giving some clarity about, you know, just that idea of e-commerce, because I think so many people kind of kick that around in their mind of like, you know, I, I want to do this. I want to have one of those, those things online that, that churns out customers and makes money. But I'm interested in understanding the intricacies of that, you know, and what it takes for those to be successful. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are as well. So I appreciate um, the time that you've given us. Tell us, you know, what what you're looking for, how we can help, what type of introductions are you looking for?
1: Yeah. And one thing, if you don't mind me just adding to something um, for brands that are just starting off and all that is just start putting out content. Don't even worry You know, if you don't have money to just start, you know, if you've got an apparel business, just start every day taking a picture of you wearing your shirt. If you don't have other people to wear it for you, just do a video talking about why you started the business. Do a video on how it's made. If you have a certain way that you make uh, your products, I mean, just start sharing stuff, let people in behind the scenes, because ultimately, if you think about, Um, the difference between e-commerce and traditional methods is that that personal interaction. Well, person to person is still the top way to to sell, right? And to get people bought into who you are and to make decisions to buy from you faster. Video is right there behind it. There's so many people I have relationships with. I've never met in person, but I've done plenty of Zooms or I've seen them on video. Just start creating content, post it to whatever platforms you want to post it to, the the market's going to tell you what they like and they don't like, and you just 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 start. That that's the biggest thing as well that I can talk about. You'll sure. start seeing crazy stuff happen when you just start. Don't ever think the content, and just let people see what you got going on. Um, so from from our end, I mean, really uh, naturally, I just love providing value and, and talking with with businesses, even if you're not sure like schedule a call. You can go to lynchpinsells.com, schedule a call. Our Misty, who will be the, the person that you talked to initially is fantastic. We don't do hard sales. We don't do pitches. Like if we can help you on that call, I want to help you because we probably just gained a, a good audience, you know, audience member at that point. Um, but I just won't, I want people, even if you just have an e-commerce brand, you're starting off, you're not sure if it works within like just, Just schedule the the time and allow us to talk with you and make sure at least we can point you in the right direction Um, because we need to be confident that we can help you first and foremost. So go to LynchpinSales.com. You can go to GrowMyStoreNow.com. That's going to have a lot of free just content. It's going to talk about our programs if that is something but uh, it's going to have a lot of testimonials and people just talking about their journey with us and what we've been able to do for third brands online Um, so growmystorenow.com especially if you're an e-commerce brand um, if you're a smaller you know if you're just a local business um, with a physical location looking for more foot traffic or leads uh, you can go to com and there's some drop downs where it'll take you to pages that have some good content. And always you can visit our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, where we, we post a lot of just valuable content or at least what, what we hope and think is valuable.
0: Sure. Sure. Absolutely. So cool. I, uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. It means a lot. I really do. I appreciate that. I appreciate the, um, you know, the advice and direction that you give our clients and our network. And I look forward to connecting you to some of those people. I think that, uh, that you and your company would be a valuable resource to some of our connections.
1: I appreciate man. I appreciate you just, uh, uh reaching out and having me on. It's always, a, uh, an honor and I'm extremely grateful just for cool. these opportunities. So if there's anything I can do, obviously just reach out, but yeah, man, I just, um, you know,
0: I just well, we'll get this thing success. out. I want to get a a Braves game around a round of golf or something like that on the calendar for sure.
1: Shoot, man, let's do it. I'm You're bad. never gonna get hear me turned down for that. Cool. Um, any of that. So uh, yeah, let's definitely make it happen.
0: Cool. Works for me, man. I appreciate you.
1: Absolutely. No, thank you, man. Thanks.